From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. I am Scott Armstrong and I am with a bunch of completely worthless servants here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Natalie. It's, this is, it's all in. She's excited yeah, to be worthless. Exactly. Exactly. For those who don't know, we are a podcast that is uh, it deals with missions, that deals with healthy church. And the reason we're called the Worthless Servants is because we realize, hey, even though we're in leadership, we need to be serving first and foremost. So uh, let's introduce some people. You heard Nati, to my left, Natalie Franco. Hi, guys. <laughs> to her- <laughs> Shoot, you let the cat out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. To her left, AJ Fry. Hi, guys. To his left, Emily Armstrong. <laughs> hey, everyone. You struggle with this every week. It's been 120 episodes <laughs> you know, almost. You still don't and, know your left and, for and me, I'm right? Like, yeah. yeah. It, well, we're in a circle. Well, it, it still doesn't matter. And, <laughs> and to my right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. The largest sandcastle in the world measured 54 feet high. Oh, That's whoa. impressive. Oh, I, I saw this. I that. saw this. There was what? a... It was... Um, in Germany, right? Like Don't recently? Stop asking me questions. <laughs> no, I think it was. It was insane. If we can post a picture of this. It's 54 feet. It's crazy. Here's a picture. Yes. Ooh, okay. We have to, please describe this because like this is an audio yes. medium. Okay, so there's a man standing in front of it. The official, oh wow, his clipboard reads official judge of Guinness World Record. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Um, and the thing towers over him. I'm I've never been to Egypt, but I'm gonna assume it's like the pyramids. Um and uh what's that what's that place you've been to in in Jordan? What's uh, Petra. Place? Yeah, okay, so it's like Petra, wow. like these buildings carved into sand. And at the bottom though, this is where it gets a little weird. There's like caricatures caricatures of cats. What? This one looks like an eggplant. Um, <laughs> they're like, sure, we got to fill up the rest of these 10 feet here on the bottom. <laughs> Eggplants! Yeah, it goes from, like, very good architecture to, like, like cartoon characters. Okay, so this isn't the one that I've seen. I think they recently, like, Germany recently no, did. No, AJ. A, another it's one. It's my fun fact. Your, your dad is outdated. Marital strife but, okay, happening wait, live but, right here. I got here. more. Listen, it took 168 trucks oh, to deliver goodness. enough sand. My goodness. In, in, in the photo, Not like pickup trucks, like dump trucks. Dump yeah. trucks. Yeah. And the photo that we're seeing, I mean, this is really impressive. I mean, it's not it's not something you and your dad would just make on the like, Unless you easy. and your dad are Guinness <laughs> World Record holders. It's not with maybe. like sand buckets. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's pretty ornate and pretty impressive. So That's incredible. Can you That's imagine tall. the story they could tell? It, it's got to be an amazing story. And that leads <laughs> us in. We were developing a rhythm here, Chelsea. I like this. And that leads us into story time with the worthless servants. <laughs> have we ever called? Yeah. Do we have a separate jingle for that? Um, but every once in a while, we decide to just tell stories. Natalie, you are the one that helped us start this tradition. It's true. Yeah, she just was like, why don't we just tell stories for, for an episode? And I was like... That's actually kind of a fun idea. So uh, we're just going to tell some different stories. I think we, uh, when we've done this in the past, we start with maybe some interesting or funny or cultural stories, and then we kind of get into stuff where uh, 
certainly we've learned something and, and God has taught us something. So let's start kind of with the funny first. Who wants to lead out? I call dibs. Okay. <laughs> She's on it. Listen, this just happened, so this is the best time to tell this. It's story. fresh. It's, it's fresh very in our mind. <laughs> okay. Um, so AJ and I went to our very first Dominican wedding. Which is kind of embarrassing to say that this was our first Aww. Dominican wedding. We've it, been here for almost five years. Yeah, but it's the first time we know somebody that got married. Everybody's married. Yeah, that's not your fault. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and it was Wedding in your crash. yard. We're, we're also That's f- also true. <laughs> we're also friends with a lot of like teenagers, young adults. So yeah. Right, right, right. There's that. Okay. You okay. feel better. So, um w- the wedding was at our house. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, it started off at our house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to describe this. Okay, okay, okay. So, about a, like a, a while ago, our pastor contacted us and was like, can we have a wedding at your house in front of your, like in your front yard? In your yard. front yard, yeah. In your front yard. And we live on a seminary campus, and so like it's a big yard, and it's beautiful. So we were like, okay, but just so you know, like it's in full sun in August. <laughs> it's going to be hot and sunny, but that's okay with us if you want to have it. And so they did. They all showed up. The wedding was at 2, thir- well, we were supposed to. It was to- programmed for 2.30. Yeah, the, the plan was to be there at 2.30. They showed up at like 10 to start decorating and like all these people from the church showed up. It was a couple from our, from our local church and, um, they all started decorating and we left because that's what you do when people are decorating in your front yard, you leave. Um, we got back probably at like, we got back at like 1230 and they were like, I think we're going to move the wedding. (laughs) Across the yard to the shade. Like, so to this other side of the seminary campus. So they picked up everything and moved everything. AJ and I were like, well, we should offer our truck to, like, help move these chairs and stuff. Because they're just picking up buckets of Cause to flowers. Because to us, it seemed like crunch time, right? Like, right. You, should, you should already be set up and ready to go. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so a few questions, right? What time was the wedding supposed to start again? 2.30. 2.30. They are doing this when? At, it was, it was 1. Like, at one, one right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you said across the yard, like then you later clarified, it's, com- I mean, it's far away. It's yeah, yeah, not yeah. your yard. It's right. Yeah. We can see it from our house, but you don't. It's, it's a little ways. Away. Yeah, away. you don't want to yeah. carry five hundred chairs. It's at least a soccer field away. Right. Yeah. 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 So we load up and get everything done. AJ and I are like, we need to like shower because now we're sweaty. And it's 2 o'clock, and we need to be ready by 2.30. We figured we could be a little bit late, no big deal. But our pastor had, like, really pressured the congregation. Be there at 2.30. We are starting at 3. And this this congregation is usually fairly yeah. punctual on Sunday mornings for service. So we We're fi- late, yeah, and we they figured, aren't. Yeah, we figured they're going to be on mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. So... At, at like 2.15, we were like, we have to go because we need to go like get ready for the wedding. And so we walk away from the scene and um, <laughs> the scene, the the scene. <laughs> um, at like we got ready at 2.45, we walk back over and we are the first guests there. <laughs> no, there was there were like five other people there. Yeah. So, so that we, weren't helping set up stuff. This is true. So like at three o'clock, we sat down at a table all by ourselves um, and <laughs> which was a strategic move on our part. If you ever yes. go to an outdoor wedding, pay attention to where the sun is and yes. where the sun is going to be later. Yes, we picked the table that would get the shade the longest. Yeah, right. Which we it 
Since you lived, lived there, our... you knew those sun yeah. patterns. Right. Yes. <laughs> we studied the sun patterns right. for weeks ahead of time. Um, and so we sat down. People start trickling in. Um, and we ended up that we were essentially 30 minutes late to the wedding. And we were actually an hour early. <laughs> Still. So the wedding started at 4? Yes. At 4 oh, o'clock. Yeah. Wow. And which, which let me yeah. pause. I've been to Dominican weddings where that's exceptional. Sure, a, we, an hour yes, and a half we had heard. Is, yeah. is excellent. It is. And, and I'm, and I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm looking at confirming But 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 I mean, a and lot it's of times common because we dress up. You know, yes. yeah, you gotta yes. get yes. ready. Right, like, it takes time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And you're the bride. Come on. <laughs> So I will say that people were more dressed up at this wedding than I have ever seen them on a Sunday morning. And yes, I thought they were yeah. fancy yeah. on Sunday. So yep. it was nice. They kept saying everybody took their bath today. So that was <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> And, um, okay, so the wedding started at 4 at 3.58, okay, like two minutes before we're starting. Our pastor is, like, standing back a ways, at, like, where the bride would enter. And again, it's outside, so that's relative. She yells for AJ to come over. And we were like, "Would maybe they just need you to like carry something or move something. So that's fine. So he, in his good servanthood, walked over. And um, the next thing I see, <laughs> AJ's holding a tiny bouquet of flowers, like a boutonniere type bouquet. <laughs> And sits down at the groomsman's table. <laughs> so I'm sitting like at this table with friends, but like by myself, and my husband just like joined the <laughs> wedding party. So, from my perspective, yes, I, was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I hear, I hear the pastor. She called my name. Well, she must have called me twice because Chelsea tapped me on the shoulder and said, "Pastor's calling you." And so I get up. Like you said, Chelsea, expecting to help like move chairs or a table or something. Um, and so I get up and I walk over and I was like, how can I help? And she, she says, come over here. And she hands me this tiny arrangement of flowers. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what am I doing with this? And she starts explaining to me, okay, you're going to walk in with, with this with this woman, but she's going to walk up first and then you need to, you need to like do this drama and like tap her on the shoulder or something and then hand her this flower. Wait, 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 wait. Then, do this no, no, no. drama. There was yeah, a whole drama. I was so confused was at this drama. point. I was like, what am I doing? And so then one of, one of our friends, uh, Jetty's, he, he was over at the groomsman. He was, he was supposed to be a groomsman. <laughs> he, he, he came knowing that yes. was his position. And so I, he comes over to me and he's just like, come over here, come over here. And so I go over to the table with the other groomsman. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? And, and he why? Says, so luckily I was one of the last groomsmen to do it. So I could watch others. He's like, watch us and see, see how we do it. Wait. So did somebody not show up? Yes. Like you were a substitute because Correct. somebody didn't You're a show substitute up for the groomsman. Okay. I was a substitute groomsman. Okay. I, here's my number. You can call me. Anytime. Got it. <laughs> um, Rent a groomsman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, so he explains to me, so what we're going to do is the, the, 
the other ladies are going to walk through this little archway and then we're going to come up beside them or behind them or stop them, interrupt them and do this little drama and like present them, present this flower to them. And then we're, they're going to grab our arm and we're going to walk the rest of the way up to the front. And I was like, what <laughs> am I doing? Yeah. I'm like coming from us culture where literally all you have to do is offer your arm and right, walk down exactly, the aisle. Exactly. I didn't know there was going to be like this miniature romantic drama playing out. And caveat. I love AJ with all my heart. That's why we are married. He's not romantic. I'm really not. <laughs> or dramatic. Or dramatic. I'm really not. <laughs> and so so they go up one by one and they're each doing like this little this little skit. One person uh like got down on a knee. One person and got proposed. down on a knee and pro- fake proposed to this to the to the to the lady was the bridesmaid. That's what they're called. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. <laughs> and so <laughs> You see, I'm terrible for this job. <laughs> and another person, like, they, like, ignored each other and then, like, ran into each other and dropped the flowers. And so he picked it up, picked up the flower for her and handed it to her and they walked up. And so it came my turn. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. So I stand there, like, in her path, and she pretends like she's going to walk past me. I just kind of put out my hand. I'm like, <laughs> it's like you should have tripped please, her. Please, please stop. stop. Please stop. Have these flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I handed these flowers and like offered my arm and we walked up to the front. Didn't you spin her though? Yes. Oh, so we got yeah. to the front and I tried to spin her and she spun halfway and then turned around the <laughs> and she didn't spin back the other way. And so I was like, okay, I'll just walk off. <laughs> and so I walked off, but I was grabbed by the other groomsmen to stand in the line with the groomsmen. Here's the other thing that's kind of embarrassing. I was not wearing a tie, and everyone else was right. wearing a tie. Because yeah. I was, I was you just were supposed to be nice, but yeah. not. With I had a, tie. a long sleeve shirt. It was rolled up because it was hot. So I unrolled my sleeves. I buttoned those, but I didn't have a tie or anything. And so, yeah, we're not prepared. I was not at prepared. So. Yeah. so, so the the reason Emily and I know this is because Chelsea the whole time. <laughs> Was giving us play by play. Yes, she was sending on WhatsApp photos, videos, videos saying AJ's a great it. one. He's amazing. All this stuff. I could not handle it because no one at my table thought it was weird. No one thought it was strange that AJ would be a groomsman two minutes before the beginning of the wedding. So let's take a pause here. Let's just pause. Natalie. Oh wow. Natalie, <laughs> you are hearing all of this. You're cracking up. Wait, there's yeah. one more part during the during the service oh, during yes. the this the ceremony, mm-hmm. as the groom is like saying a, I do about to say like yes I do, um, all of a sudden all the groomsmen rush around the groom and like, like a pull, football huddle yeah and like pull him away from the bride and I, and I I kind of like <laughs> stagger in behind them because <laughs> like be- like two seconds before that my other friend who's who's a part of the groomsmen is like, just follow my lead. I'm like, what? Oh, geez. <laughs> and so they run up and I like follow behind them and we drag the groom off and we're supposed to be in this fake huddle pretending to give him advice on saying yes, like convincing him that he really wants to marry this, this woman. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> and so then we pass him Listen. back off to the bride. We didn't actually say anything in the huddle, but we acted like we were saying things. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> That's funny. So now, okay. Natalie, uh-huh. this is different. This is not how it would have gone down in the United States, but we're not in the United States. <laughs> Do you have any wisdom for us on what just happened? Well, I can say it. it it's normal. 
it's normal. Dominicans, we are too dramatic. And <laughs> something just, it's just something of us. Like, we are just like that. <laughs> I love it. And we run late. We're running late pretty much all right. the time. So, yes, especially in weddings. As I mm -hmm. told before, like, we get fancy. Like, we want to be really beautiful in a wedding. Like, everybody yeah. is attention, even more than the bride. So, uh, <laughs> it takes time. It takes time. <laughs> it takes time. But is it normal to have a substitute groomsman? Well, if nobody shows up. Okay. You just grab somebody. You just grab someone. Yeah, you just yeah. take someone. And why not the missionary? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> you actually are friends with Philo, though. Like, yeah. You do know him. Right. So it wasn't. It wasn't that. A stranger. Yeah, that's strange. But yeah. it was strange. Which yeah. I was not going to share this, and I probably won't. There's not enough time to. But I was asked to actually give away a bride one time. <gasps> Yes. And I didn't like know who they Oh, were. that was the other thing yes. that yeah. I noticed, not part of this story, but yeah, it was not the family members that gave away the bride and groom. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was here in Dominican Republic as mm -hmm. well. Well, I won't say where it is on the on the podcast, but yeah, uh, you know where, where it was. Um, but I mean, that was very interesting to me. And at first I felt, we would say in Spanish, apenado, right? We would just say like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing that they would... Have awkward. to ask me. Awkward, right? But then I was like, you know what? If there was nobody to be able to give away this bride and there were some reasons for that, um, then what an honor that they would choose me to do that. And so before that, I just went up and I said, if I'm going to do this, I need to know you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? Yeah, yeah. I was there more to support... The church in that wedding, and without going into all those details, but um, but but really, I said, well, I'd like to know you, and congratulations, and I'd like to pray with you, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, that was all. I mean, that was two minutes, and then we we're we we're ready. And but I, I just thought, if we're going to do this, you know, no one ever said a missionary needs to be a groomsman or needs to, you know, just be on the spot, you know, uh, giving away a bride or whatever. But, but add that to the list. Yeah, add it to the list <laughs> and be ready. I mean, uh, that was very important to them at that moment, and it would have certainly been more embarrassing if no one would have been there sure mm -hmm. you right. know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. we loved it we are thankful that our church loves us enough to include us in things like this so as <laughs> as different as it felt and as different as it was it was a highlight of my missionary career like i <laughs> loved every second of it so absolutely absolutely well um who else has a story that was that was a doozy <laughs> <laughs> that was impressive how do you follow up after that yeah well i have a story um it's not a wedding, but it was very cultural for Scott and I. We started our missionary career in Antigua, Guatemala. And um, I, I realize now, looking back on it, that I should have done a lot more research when we were moving to another country, that I should have known a little bit more about the people and what their customs were. But part of um, our first six months of living in Guatemala was to go to language school. And language school was in Antigua, Guatemala, and we were there in the springtime all the way up through about the middle of May or the beginning of May because I remember Elijah's uh, birthday. We didn't have it there. We had moved to the city by then. And um, during that springtime, they celebrated Easter. And uh, Antigua, Guatemala is known for their celebration of Cuaresma, of the Lenten season, and they are very 
very famous, like worldwide famous, like tourists come to Antigua, Guatemala. This city that is only one mile by one mile is filled with millions of people. That's how many people come. And we were living there during this time. And I remember thinking, this is amazing that we're like living here during this time that people like save up money for their whole lives so that they can come and experience it. And, um, Part of the way that they celebrate in Antigua is there's lots of little towns in Guatemala that are around Antigua. And so during that 40-day Lenten season, each parish who has like a statue of the Christ or something like that, they will take that statue of the Christ and they'll walk and they'll have a processional um, around the streets of Antigua, Guatemala. So they'll do that every Saturday. I think it was Saturdays. Do you remember? Yeah, it was mostly... Or Sunday. It was, I think it was on Sunday, yeah. you know, um, of, of Lent. Right. Uh, but you'd every now and then see it during the week as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so it depended how big the, the church was. And it was like an honor for the church to be chosen to have the processional on the Sunday. But the streets would be filled through the entire 40 days of Lenten season every Sunday. And there were in Antigua at least like three or four different cathedrals that are, were like ancient cathedrals that still have services there and beautiful cathedrals. It was the first time I'd ever walked into a Latin American like cathedral. And uh, they started to make in about two weeks before the actual celebration of um, the Passion, the week of the Passion, they started to make these sawdust carpets. And uh, when people were like, sawdust carpets, they're going to make them. They're so amazing. They're intricate. And I was like, I can't even imagine what it was. But they would literally take sawdust and they would color it with all of these different colors. And so they would have um, almost like think about a paint palette, but it was all sawdust that way. And they would create these long rectangles on the floor in the front of the cathedrals of these sawdust carpets. And they were intricate patterns. They were like, they were pictures of Jesus and they were pictures of Mary out of sawdust, right? And they were geometric shapes and amazing, beautiful, beautiful creations. And they were like, if you think this is something, just wait till Thursday night of the week of the passion. And so we're like, okay, what's Thursday night? Like we were so excited, you know? So Thursday night, everybody starts, they close down all of the streets, like around 10 PM. You can't take a car through there anymore. It's only pedestrian traffic. And they stay up all night to create these carpets all over the city. And so they have carpets lining all of the street because Friday morning at 6 a.m. is the gigantic uh, uh, procession that starts. And so they work all night on these carpets. It's all over the place. And Scott and I went out on that Thursday night and looked at them. And I still have pictures of just like, Mm. it was amazing to experience the culture that way. And so Thursday night, they're working all night. Friday, they have a procession in the morning because that's when Jesus was on trial. They have a procession uh, in the afternoon because it's Good Friday. It's when he's crucified. So they're walking all over these carpets. They're just destroying them, right? They work so hard. They're destroying Mm. all of these carpets. Yeah, we say carpets, but remember, they're sawdust. sawdust. And so everyone's walking on them and it just becomes nothing. I mean, it just Mm. becomes dust, colored dust. But what was beautiful, ornate, for just a few hours Mm -hmm. is then trampled on, but Mm. in the name of, of, you know, religion and the passion of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And Saturday they had a, 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 
another procession. And the whole entire time, like the whole town is filled with this incense that they're carrying that I still like to this day when I smell that incense, my mind goes back to 2004 in Guatemala. It's like, I don't even know what it is, right? But I can smell it every once in a while. And the most shocking thing for me, and I learned a lot about uh, Catholicism and evangelical Christianity on Sunday, which is when we woke up and we're like, this is going to be the huge celebration. The whole city was quiet. Like there was hardly anything Mm. going on. And I remember looking at Scott and I was like, nobody's up celebrating. Like this is the day we celebrate. And it was culture shock for me. And it was the first time that I had had an experience with that amount of like religiosity in Catholicism in Latin America. Mm. But I love thinking about that time and learning about Latin America in general. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the evangelical church, um, we were shocked that Easter Sunday was not more of a celebration. So we can say that it's a Catholic thing or evangelical thing, but Easter Sunday, because people had gone to the beaches or because Holy week was just kind of, Hey, that's vacation time. Uh, that's rest time. It was actually one of the most down Mm -hmm. times of the entire year, you know, and for us in our culture, Easter is like, this is why we exist as Christians, you know, people that never come to a church service come on Easter, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, and then to be in a place that was like, yeah, Easter's probably our least attended, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Culture shock all over again. (laughs) So that was a story that I love thinking about and telling. Awesome. We've kind of heard stories from Fries and Armstrongs. Natalie, uh, do you have a story? Yes, I do. And um, talking about home assignment, I know the Armstrong recently they were mm-hmm. in a home assignment. Mm-hmm. I had a little home assignment in Puerto Rico. So I don't what? know if it's a home oh. assignment because Puerto Rico is not my home. Because <laughs> it's not your home, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of the same. What did you do? Because... What I know about home assignment is that someone that someone creates a schedule, so you have to visit this church and this church and right. this church. So the same happened to me when really? I was in Puerto Rico. Yeah. How long were you there? Two weeks. Two weeks. That's why I'm saying it was a little home assignment. <laughs> I was wondering where you were. <laughs> so they set up uh, two weeks for you to visit some churches. Just actually one week, because remember we were in the cross cultural orientation. So after that, the week after that, they asked me to stay and they were like, we would like you to visit those churches. Nice. And I was like, sure thing. I would love to do that. Um, and one part of, in one part of the schedule, uh, there was one team that went to Puerto Rico from the States. They were about to work with the Work and Witness Ministries. Mm-hmm. And it is something I've been doing since, right. you know, since I was a young person. So uh, I really wanted to get involved in that. But it was not in my schedule. So I asked <laughs> the superintendent and those ladies who made my beautiful schedule. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, if it was possible for me to be there with them. And they agreed. So I went there. And it was really beautiful. Because during that time, it was in January 2020, where um, Puerto Rico was hit by, a, yeah. by an earthquake. Right. So it was pretty much all the time we had... Tremors. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went up to the mountain um, to try to help others to give some food and like kind of things they needed and also to spread the word and tell them, you know, there is hope in Jesus. Mm. He's with you. You don't have to be afraid of anything. And I remember this, this man. Um, I still remember his name, um, Rafael. Mm. 
And Raphael, he was living in his car um, during this time. And he was showing all of us a video of his house. How was it after the earthquake? We, we saw the columns of his house. They were about to break. Wow. To like everything we were able to see that in the video wow. and he was saying look this is the way my my house looks like and that's why i'm living in my car like right because here on the, exactly so he was living in the patio like in his car it was really uncomfortable and i remember i was with him and i was like i don't know i just wanted to tell him something because i was as an architect and see that it was like i know how is it like how on safety he was um and i was like you know god is with you even in here like even though you're um sleeping in your car just uh, keep trusting god and blah 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 blah. i was just saying this mm-hmm. <laughs> and while i was saying do not be afraid the earth started to shake wow oh. and i was running <laughs> and you became afraid <laughs> and, uh, I, then i was the only one who was running by the time i was saying do not be afraid mm. i was just running away and he was rafael was looking at me like am i i am the one who needs to pray for you <laughs> for you not mm-hmm. to be afraid mm-hmm. in that moment i was like god this is the time for you to take me with you because i was so like now nah. i was so ashamed because i was the one who was saying do not be afraid yeah. and then i was the first one mm. running yeah 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 i think it's uh, real i think sometimes um people think that missionaries are like these superheroes and supernatural and stuff like that. And it's like, if you're not even used to an earthquake, you know, the first time that you feel an earthquake, they are scary. We've been in quite a few earthquakes. I remember in Costa Rica, there was one that we were a part of, but nothing that ever like brought down buildings where we were living, you know, or anything like that. But um, I recently was in a compassionate ministries like workshop that was done by the region. And uh, they were talking about how to be the church in the midst of something like that. And they just really, encouraged people to do exactly what you were doing of the church is present in community to offer spiritual support so even though like you felt that fear yourself like probably nobody else was there saying hey you know like Jesus does care for you and have hope and tomorrow is going to be a new day and his mercies are new every morning like giving those words to him are something that government and entities aren't doing you know even mm-hmm. if they're coming to fix his house they're not offering him hope in Jesus Christ and so that's what I think about as you tell your story that yeah I think there's times when we're going to be afraid too, but keeping the testimony of who Jesus is on our lips is so important. <laughs> and even as Christian leaders, how we oftentimes, when it, things are going really well, have so many good sermons, yeah. have so many mm-hmm. just, hey, you guys, everyone else should be this way and should make sure you have faith and make sure you do. And then when the, yep. the you know, the ground starts shaking, I mean, we could say literally or metaphorically, mm-hmm. when things start shaking around us, then we're the ones yeah. that are that are like, Lord, where are you? What's going on? And you shouldn't feel bad about what, you know, you're sharing it. Thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. Um, I don't think you should feel bad about that. I think <laughs> that would scare a lot of us. But yeah, it is kind of instructive for us to say, eh, let's, let's remember, mm-hmm. we've got to put put this in practice. This isn't just telling other people as, as leaders and as missionaries. Well, I think that's good. I, these were, these were good. Man, I like these episodes. Not that we <laughs> thank you for, for uh, guiding us in this. And um, she's uh, going to get thanked like 
for five years from now, he's still going to be thinking Natalie. I know, Natalie. I know. <laughs> You're going to get some of the royalties from this episode. Which is zero. <laughs> yeah. 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 But speaking of which, this is free, folks. Come on, come on. Tell somebody about us, right? Tell somebody and share this. And in fact, if they want to do that, Emily, where can they find us and share us? Facebook page is Worthless Servants Podcast. You can find us online at mesoamericagenesis.org. You can find us on all of the podcast platforms. We especially encourage Spotify because it's easier to share from there. Awesome. We are the Worthless Servants, and I am Scott Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.